taking a look here, month over month PPI coming in, well, it looks like in line to slightly higher. They did revise last month's up, it looks like, and uh, well, it looks like the month over month here, the core in line, the uh, uh, PPI headline number a little bit higher than expected. Here it is, as you can see, look at this PPI month over month, 0.4%. The estimates were for 0.2. Now, I did see here that prior got revised to uh, down 0.2, but look at the core that actually got revised to up 0.3. That was a uh, sharp revision higher here. I do want to point out that, uh, again, as I look at this, uh, the number for the most part here, uh, coming in here, uh, uh, basically, well, a little bit higher than expected here. As I look at this PPI headline number month over month, I think that's where the focus is. Indices again selling off. Let's bring in bye bye Chino here. A lot of information to digest all at once, but he's got his eye on these inflation numbers. The chief strategist of Path Trading Partners is joining us. Bob, talk to us. It looks like the indices don't like the uh, initial look at this number here this morning. Yeah, and they shouldn't. I think one of the things interesting about recent movements in the indices, despite having finished lower and lower almost every single day for the last four or five sessions, is that the indices are becoming a little bit comfortable with what the Fed is looking at. And that's all I've really been preaching for a while now is that you can say that what the Fed is doing is wrong. You could say that they're going to go too far, depending on what your metric is, which most people, it's like how bad the recession is going to be, if it's going to be here at all. Uh, but when you look at this number, you know, it's been a while, Ben, since we've cared about PPI. And we yeah. talked about this the last couple of releases. We care now because it's actually a major input into what CPI and more importantly, PCE might look like. In this particular, the revisions caught my eye as well as the month over month uh, being up 0.4 kind of matches up with the last CPI being higher month over month, the year over year down a little bit. And the year over years are going to start to fall because of the base effect. But from a perspective of the month over month, that's what we really have to pay attention to now, where prior we were just looking for the highs on the year over year. And I think we got that. I think the year over year rate of change is going to start to trickle down. But these month over month, they're sticky and they seem to be staying sticky, staying sticky. And that's what we see here. The core PPI on a month over month basis uh, came in in line, but the headline was higher. And then we saw the revisions of the last two prior month over month on the headline a little lower, but core month over month higher. Now, we have to pay attention to what the Fed has been saying, whether they're right or wrong. They may be wrong on what they're doing. Again, if your metric is a recession, they're probably going to go too far. Mm. But that doesn't mean they're not going to do it. The job of a strategist, which is the job I hold in my company, is not to figure out if what the Fed is doing is right or wrong to figure out what the Fed's going to do and how markets are going to be affected by it. And that's likely why we saw this quick dip in ES, which seems to be recovering a little bit now. You know, Bob, I think uh, it, it is recovering just a little bit, but still uh, at 3608, we're down 20 points from where we were. Tenure, I saw headed into the number, it's come off a little bit by about five ticks. So about what you expect to see in terms of reaction to this number. And, you know, Bob, just kind of breaking that down a little bit, I, I look at uh, in a low inflation environment, and I'd agree with you, PPI seems a little bit less important, but as commodities are back on this uh, kind of upward trajectory, it seems like uh, PPI is going to be a bit more of a focal point, especially with CPI obviously front and center, even more so than the producer side of things. But looking at this year-over-year -year number, I mean, they were expecting it to decline to 8.4%. It did. It got down to 8.5 PPI again year-over-year, -year, but uh, still at 85 Shows that the Fed's got some heavy lifting to do, uh, down from 8.7, but here you can see, still above expectations. They were looking for 8.4.
Well, again, I think the PPI has become a lot more important than it has been. You know, I've been coming on your future show for uh, two or three years now. And every time we had a PPI, you'd ask me what I thought, and I'd say, I don't really think anything. This particular number, I do. And it's become important, again, because a lot of the inputs that need to come down for core inflation to come down at the consumer level, yeah, they have you have to start to see PPI coming out. And you're likely going to see it ahead of time. Now, we've kind of switched it up again where we used to see PPI after CPI, and it seems like they've switched. I don't know if that's a, a permanent thing. It certainly matters a lot more when you see before the CPI, this particular September number is going to be in the September CPI. So I'm not going to go ahead and predict a beat on CPI on the core, especially since I'm watching it less and less um, from a perspective of of a comparison to PCE is what I should be saying here. It's not that I'm not watching consumer inflation, of course I am, but I'm paying much more attention to PCE because I think that's what's likely to drive the Fed. You know, the market is still pricing in about 125 basis points more of tightening. And we're at an over 85% probability as of yesterday's close that they're gonna do 75 in this next meeting. And this is what I mean, the market's starting to get comfortable with that. If we start to get indications that there's going to be more than that, you're going to see it bleed in to the equities in the short term. Now, an interesting thing about the curve yesterday is the big jump we saw was at the very short end of the curve. We saw the three-month jump by 20 basis points from yesterday. Uh, that's a big jump. We only saw single-digit moves in the twos, the fives, and then it lessened out as we went out the curve because the market is starting to believe the Fed again and starting to believe the Fed will have some effect on inflation. What gets the Fed to flip to a pause? And I wanna stress again, you can't talk about a pivot. A pivot to me is quantitative easing versus quantitative tightening and it's lower rates versus raising, lowering rates versus raising rates. We're talking about a pause and how long that pause lasts. There's a good deal of market participants now that are starting to think the pause can't last because some of the stresses we're seeing and the Fed keeps telling us. And I've never seen so many Fed speakers, Ben. Have you seen this many Fed speakers, like one right after the other uh, in very, your career? Uh, it's crazy. A very and transparent environment to say the least, yes. Yeah, and it seems to be they keep trying to tell the markets, don't question us. This yeah. is what we're doing. We saw it again with uh, the last Fed speaker yesterday with Loretta Mester. And she said, we haven't seen improvement in inflation yet, and yeah. more work needs to be done. That more work now is the length of the pause rather than more rate hikes. And, uh, you know, you ask five different traders what a pivot means at this point. You'll get five different answers, I've been saying. Bob, in terms of this PPI number, I mean, ultimately we talk about, okay, maybe not a direct uh, a tie through to CPI. There's some debate there in terms of this high rate environment, the significance of or lack thereof. But, but ultimately, when you're talking about companies and margins, I mean, this factors right into, as we head into earnings, this is a, a focal point to be had. Yeah, and it's likely why the PPI is going to start to affect uh, equities more so than the CPI might. And again, I, I want to focus on something, if I could, is that CPI is important. But another thing that Jerome Powell and the Fed has stressed, and they've been trying to stress this for years, but I think it's more important now, is that they're looking at the PCE and they're looking at the core PCE. Mm -hmm. And the reason I say that is because you've got about a one and a half, two 2% differential to the uh, advantage of the Fed in the PCE. 
So if we're looking at PCE being closer to 6%, with CPI being closer to 8%, you might start to question as PCE comes down, and it will, as PCE comes down to 3% and CPI comes down to 45 or 5%, you might start saying, well, the Fed is still two percentage points away, and they're not because they're looking at, C at PCE. So I think that's a focus we have to start to look. We've got CPI coming up. It will matter. The public still looks at it. There's quite a bit of payments that go out in the general economy that are tied to CPI, you know, in terms of cost of living increases. But if you look at the main difference, the CPI is, again, is a basket of goods. It's a measurement of a basket of goods. And the PC is a measurement of every good and service produced in the economy. Now, while many of those don't matter to people, for example, small business consulting won't matter to your average person going to the Marianos or to the Winn-Dixie, depending on what part of the country they live in, it won't matter as much, but it matters to the Fed, and we're trying to figure out what the Fed's going to do next and what, it's, what effects it's going to have on markets. And right now, again, the market is still pricing in rate cuts somewhere in late 2023. Bob, give me a one-word answer. Does this number uh, warrant the 75 basis point rate hike we're looking for uh, next month? Yes. Okay. Let's move on then. Let's talk about some of the other central bank uh, activity that's playing out and on the minds of traders as we head into the cash open this morning. The Bank of England uh, uh, sticking to the resolve in terms of their plan to end the bond purchase program come Friday, October 14th, I think it is, this Friday. Ultimately, can you uh, talk to us a little bit about how there's been some back and forth, it seems like, in terms of whether they would or wouldn't, and I guess the only time will tell, correct? Yeah, I thought, I literally thought I heard an extension. So yeah. much so. You're not alone. I put it in my, yeah, I put it in my CME commentary, yeah. is that they were going to extend. I was that positive of it. And then you hear Andrew Bailey say something. I mean, I've never heard a central banker basically threaten the market by saying, look, you've got three days. That's all we're giving you. That's it. Um, and that kind of goes back to what people may be questioning the resolve of the central banks to fight inflation. I mean, obviously, the Bank of England shifting from tightening to easing like that, granted, on the long end, and granted, temporary, and granted, they put a cap on it. There were two things I found interesting, is that they're basically saying, look, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing, I'm translating, I should say, we've got an inflation problem, so you've got three days to get your liquidity in order. We're mm -hmm. gonna give you this three-day window, but then we gotta go right back to fighting inflation. And when he said that, the pound actually suffered. We're getting a little bit of a bid to the pound right now, but certainly if you look at a longer term chart, it doesn't look good. Um, so they're right in line with the Fed in what's important here. And I found that really interesting. And Andrew, Andrew Bailey, again, forceful. Uh, does, does question resolve mean they're questioning credibility? Well, I think they're trying to shore up their credibility uh, across the globe, really, because they all failed at the inflation narrative. They all failed at it. It doesn't matter what central bank you're looking at, whether you're looking at the ECB, the Bank of England, certainly the Bank of Japan's credibility has been shot for about 20 years. And the U.S. Federal Reserve really killed any credibility they might have had left with the transitory conversation. Bob, when I you mean, they, they killed it. When you say failed, it sounds like you're saying past tense. I'm wondering, uh, is this something that is in the past in terms of they're kind of on the right path at this point? And along those lines, what are we seeing in terms of the yen? They're at a new 24-year low. Speaking of uh, failed in some ways. I mean, uh, this trend continues in a reflection of the Bank of Japan's, uh, well, resolve not to raise rates. 
I'll switch it to me. I suspect the people that saw me take a crude oil short and then saw me covered before crude oil rallied again and saw me sell crypto in March think I have credibility. If I'm wrong about anything I'm saying right now, I'm going to lose my credibility and then I have to earn it back. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. So I think the Fed That's is on a path. And central banks are on a path trying to earn it back. Okay. Lots to keep an eye on here as they try to earn that back in terms of some of these currencies, the yen, and ultimately it seems like the dollars continues to be uh, uh, the safe haven and uh, the, uh, well, uh, tendency, the trend we've seen, uh, reflection of investors' willingness to buy the dollar versus some of the other currencies. Bob, appreciate you joining us here. A good breakdown in terms of the number today and uh, look at some of the products to keep an eye on in terms of financial markets. Bye-bye. Chino joins us from Path Trading Partners.